Dress it up and make it real for me. Eskimo, the coolest DJ <laughs> in the world. Whatever that fucking man. Spend a day to get my mind blown Dress it up and go to NASA 200 miles on a dash Got a roller pound up a gas Put your lanes in the Grand Rapids We the one that kept it cool With all these niggas till these niggas start acting Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie Niggas gone, let them have We ballin' like the Marsh Madness All these cops shootin' Hello everyone, welcome back again to another episode of Basement Banter This week I'm joined by Matt Blahut You and Nick Valent. Yep. And at the time of listening, we are only days away from the big dance, March Madness. And whether there will be actually a lot of dancing going on because it's going to be behind closed doors, but I guess at this point, uh, there's a lot to discuss and a lot of, I'd say, one of the most highly anticipated tournaments we've seen in years because of how even the, the playing field is. There isn't really too many teams uh, that really stand out as a team that you think is going to dominate the tournament. Uh, kind of like how how Duke was last year, even though they didn't end up winning. You knew that they were going to go far in the tournament. Um, and then obviously in past years, uh, the dominant Kentucky team, uh, when they won, uh, North Carolina. Uh, and uh, yeah, exactly. So um, the, the first thing I want to talk about at the, uh, the top of the hour is the... Uh, when we're recording, we're recording this on Tuesday uh, before you guys are listening to this. And they had just announced that the Ivy League tournament is canceled and the regular season winner, Yale, is moving on to uh, March Madness, uh, which, as we've all been t- like texting during the day, uh, but either with ourselves or with our friends and you've seen on social media, uh, everyone just completely disagrees with this. Um I just think that there's something about having a tournament based thing that you kind of earn your way into it. And the regular season, you know, sometimes there's a bad game. Sometimes one of your players is hurt. Um, and then it just be like that. That was like uh, the Big East Conference. I know I'm going on, going on a very long monologue right now, but the Big East Conference when uh, Cardiac Kemba was conceived all of those uh those years ago they were like the 13th seed and they beat the number three seed in the tournament so the number one seed wasn't even in it so who knows if Yale even would have ended up pulling it out it wasn't like they were like 30 games ahead of every other team Harvard was back one game and as actually I'm not gonna even say what I was about to say I'll pass it on so so looking forward obviously we know coronavirus is a serious thing nothing to mess around with but for you to cancel a conference tournament at this time of the year. Think about it. Harvard beat Yale twice this season and were one game back from winning from becoming the regular season champ. I know it's serious, but they should have at least kept this conference tournament behind closed doors, no fans at the I would say the max right now. I wouldn't have gone any further than that. And to cancel it, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of crazy. Like you get so many teams. The conference time's the best time of the year. Upsets are happening all the time in conference tournaments and who knows Yale might Yale could have won it they might not have but Harvard I know they had a big one of their star players come out and talk about it today uh how disappointed he was I I don't know I just don't think they should have canceled it all in all yeah I agree they should have at least played it behind closed doors like you mentioned in front of no fans uh I mean that's the way the Ivy League tournament used to be so I guess they're kind of going back to their old ways but they they could have done a tournament especially Uh, this early on and it's not like it would be one thing if they like cut off the tournament and then didn't send their two women's and men's team to the NCAA tournament to protect them from the disease Um, but that's not the case so I I don't know like what the (laughs) put it in perspective imagine imagine you're in an Ivy League school you're it's your senior year and you don't play for Yale and you just get told that you're you can't you don't even have a chance to make the big dance for instance you're harvard or any one of the other schools being a senior on that team and you're done for it your season is now officially over just because they wouldn't play the tournament yeah coronavirus nothing to mess around with i get it but these kids are all young and supposedly it's only affecting the older age people put the game behind closed doors senior year imagine that you're done this is it congrats you played your last regular season game you don't even get a fighting chance in the conference tournament yeah well my the thing that i have the biggest problem with it is is that 
Uh, obviously, in the United States, it isn't completely consumed the entire nation like you're seeing in Italy and uh, other parts of Europe, Spain, uh, France, starting to get the uh, beginning creeps creeping in of it. Uh, but there, so like I just said, Italy is like the new epicenter of the coronavirus. It started going down in uh, China and South Korea and over there. So Italy now is fa- taking a full force of it as we speak. Yeah. Today, they had a game in Italy for Champions League soccer that was played. And you know what? There was just no one in the stadium, a 60,000-person stadium, and there wasn't a soul there. Uh, Atalanta versus um, Valencia. And they played it. And uh, like last, or last week or two weeks ago, they played in Naples and – Guess what? They're all fine. So, uh, like we were, like Nick was just saying, that it's uh, a lot of as long as you're keeping the people that are more prone to the disease. Let me put a disclosure out. I am I'm not a doctor, so don't all of a sudden go. You know what? I could start going and hacking along out all over the place. I'm young. If you're keeping the people that are more prone, the objective of it is to keep the people that are more prone to the disease out of these stadiums. You know, the players aren't the ones that you're worrying about. You're worrying about the people that are in the stands that could that are all packed in like sardines, coughing all over each other, going in the crowded hallways uh, and possibly spreading it that way. You're not worried about the players. And that's what they realized in uh, Europe. And that's why they're doing it with just no people in the stadium. That's why you most likely will see these other big conference tournaments with no one in the stadium. And you might potentially see March Madness with no one in the stadium. Is that weird? Yes. Are they still going to play it? Yes. Yale, Ivy League team, are they not going to go to the tournament because, because of the coronavirus? What gives them the right to go to the, the, the tournament? They're going to be playing in a tournament. Let's put this into perspective. So, yeah, the Ivy League as of right now is the only conference to have canceled. The ACC still going on? Is that just kicked off today? The SEC, they both conferences announced they will be playing games. They will have fans in the stadium. The only thing they're doing is they're limiting media where they can be, and you're essentially going to have to talk to them in like a separate area, more isolated, where there's less people around. Everything is, as of right now, other than the Ivy League and maybe a couple of the smaller ones, are still having fans. They're still having media. It's still going to go on. It hasn't gotten to that point yet, at least to my knowledge, where it's... And like this crazy epidemic, at least in the United States as of right now. Yeah, and I believe the West Coast Conference announced today too that they'll play their conference tournament in front of no fans. So I I don't understand why that wasn't the route for them. Look, last night Gonzaga played San Francisco and uh, BYU played St. Mary's. Gym full of fans, both of them. And I mean, as of right now, we haven't heard of anything that's happened. Uh, So I don't know. As of right now, I would keep going with it. Obviously... Um, I know the ACC announced they're going to have uh, special medical attention lined up there, and uh, people are. There's going to be a lot more caution in terms of hand sanitizer and different stuff like that. But as of right now, I think everything should continue on the way it's going. Uh, yeah. So, like my last thoughts with it before we move on. Um, you know, they. It isn't like you're. Uh, it's like the 1700s where you're. Uh, you don't speak to other people in different parts of the country. You know that all of these people who are the like I don't know if it's the directors of these conferences or the presidents of these conferences, you know they're all communicating with each other. Hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, what are you guys doing with this? So I just think it's pretty bold that the Ivy League guy probably thinking he's too uh, big, too hot shit to talk to the other uh, other guys out there to be like, hey, what are you guys doing? The Big Ten tournament is held in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So, like, if they could hold it in the freaking mecca of the uh, sports world, why can't they hold it in the uh, Harvard uh, Crew Clubhouse basketball arena or wherever the hell? And some small, I'm sure, like in like Connecticut or something, where there isn't as like many people. You're not playing in a sixty thousand person stadium, so it just baffles me. Just do your due diligence. The NCAA actually came out, it was today or yesterday, and they said as of right now, they're communicating with CDC and whoever else they need to communicate with, but everything as of either yesterday or today is still on schedule. Still fans, still media. Obviously, they're going to separate the media a little bit um, in terms of post-game and pre-game interviews and stuff like that, but uh, as of right now, they're all in communication and everything's getting talked about. Everything, in my opinion, should go on as planned. 
I agree. All right. Now that we've gotten coronavirus talk out of the way, yeah, let's dive into <laughs> let's, it. Let's, uh, let's dive into let, it. Let's dive into the uh, the meat, the meat and bones of this thing. So the Power Five uh, tournaments all begin. There's some other smaller tournaments that have started filling in the other parts of the bracket. You know, uh, North Dakota State University and the University of uh, Colorado uh, Rising Sun and all of that. Like all of those random schools, the, all the 16 seeds are going to be put in their places like the past couple of days. But the real uh, meat and potatoes of the tournament are being played out. Uh, in the next few days, uh, in the Big 12, uh, Big 10, ACC, SEC, and Pac-12 tournaments. Uh, so just to start, no particular order, just in the order that I thought of in my head and saved these uh, brackets onto uh, so I could view them as we go along with this. Uh, we'll start with the SEC, uh, or not the SEC, the Big 12 tournament. Now... As I just said before, it's a very even playing field. But I would say if there's one team that you would think of as a favorite going into the tournament, it would be Kansas. I'd have to agree. Right now, Kansas, in my opinion, is the favorite for the national championship. Baylor, I would have said Baylor probably three weeks ago. But Baylor, had they lost, I believe, two games. Yeah, TCU and Kansas. Yeah. So right now, Kansas is playing the best basketball of anyone in the country. you got to look at them. Um, luckily for this year, though, for any other team, there's there's no real dominant teams. It's a it's a really even playing field. But in terms of the uh, Big Twelve, look out for Baylor. Look out for Texas Tech. Curse Beard, one heck of a coach. Um, look out for Oklahoma. Oklahoma, uh, they they like to give everybody their best shot. So um, there's a lot of good teams out there that I wouldn't. I would say Kansas is the favorite right now, but I would say it's it's kind of wide open, leaning towards Kansas, obviously, just solely in the Big 12. Yeah, Kansas is definitely the favorite. I think probably the biggest matchup to look out for is Texas Tech and Texas. Uh, they match up against each other in the first round. Winner plays Tex, uh, winner, winner plays can, uh, Kansas, but that's like a bubble matchup right there that the loser could just be out of the NCAA tournament. Hey, Texas has been playing great basketball the last yeah. three, four weeks. They were, on, they were terrible, and last whatever we'll call it a month they've been playing out in at like really good basketball so look for them to make a deep run to try to get themselves into uh into the big dance uh yeah so i the, the one team that in every sport that it seems like the one team that i always if i see them pop up in a matchup against a really good team i'm kind of uh, iffy about but it's if they get past the worst team iowa state is playing oklahoma state in the first round on uh Wednesday. So yesterday it happened. Don't make fun of me if, if Iowa State doesn't move on. But Iowa State, I feel like in any sport, they always play every team really tough and they're always good for an upset, whether it's uh, basketball or football. Uh, so Kansas, I mean, we I think they have some of the best players in the country, so I'm not too concerned about them. But that might be a, as a better game than uh, you would think on paper with a one and nine seed or Oklahoma State. I mean, I don't really know too much about Oklahoma State, um, but yeah, I would say it's two. I'm really excited for this particular uh, bracket in this tournament because I think they have two of the probably top three favorites to win the whole thing this year in uh, Kansas and Baylor. Obviously, Baylor, as we just mentioned, um, had a bad loss against TCU. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the bigger teams had some bad losses this year. Uh, San Diego State was undefeated, and they lost to, I mean, I don't even know. Utah State. They lost to Utah well, State. Well, they lost before that, but hey, Utah State in that conference. Look game. at Kentucky. They lost to Evansville. I mean, Duke's lost to Clemson. They've lost to NC State. They did lose to Stephen F. Austin, who's actually number 26 in the country right now. They're playing insane basketball, which makes that loss a little bit less. But still, if you're losing to a, a power five a non-Power 5 conference team, it's still going to hurt, even though they're considered in a quad three team. In other years, it hurt your resume a lot more than it does this year. Exactly. But I think we're all in agreement that we would probably say uh, which uh, Kansas is going to make it out of uh, the Big 12 as champions. Then obviously you'll see, as we were just talking about, uh, a bubble matchup with Texas, Texas Tech. Baylor you'll obviously see in there. Um, and then Oklahoma, I'm assuming, they're going to be in. They're, yeah, I think they're pretty good. Yeah, they're I think they're pretty, pretty – they've solidified well, yeah. themselves uh, to be in And it. then West Virginia just had a big win the uh, the other day. Didn't they just beat Baylor? Uh 
this past week. Yeah, on their home floor, so they did. Would that p- possibly propel well, them into they're, some? They're they're they're, they're pretty in. They were. Uh, I want to say they were listed as like a five seed the other day oh, or wow. six. So they're they're pretty. They're well in. Yeah. They're they were higher though. In there. They were higher at one point. West Virginia. They were up to like a three seed at one point, they and then they joke. and then they fell. Every sport also. Don't count out. Jokers. Don't count out Bob Huggins. Do not count yeah, out Bob, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins, they got a big huggy bear. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. You should tell him that. See what he says. He might rip your head off. You tell him a big, big huggy bear. I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> Fair Bob enough. Huggy. I think other people call him Huggy Bear. Whatever. I, I have no investment in my relationship with Bob Huggins. Um, uh, the next one is the random selection, by the, again, uh, is the Big 12 or the Big 10 uh, men's basketball tournament, obviously. Um, a lot more evenly spread a nice even spread on this they have wisconsin as the number one no no i, I know nick nick's holding up a number one but i have the t- i'm wa- looking at it with he my kind of hesitated so i had to throw it up i know i had to just had to find them on the chart uh they're number one but they're gonna play the winner of michigan and Rutgers. and Rutgers is number eight they beat the number one seed in this bracket already uh, Michigan State, I'm sure, has lost to uh, a D3 school at one point this year. They're the most <laughs> overhyped college basketball program in this country by light years. They're playing really good basketball right now, though, Michigan State. Cassius Winston's got it figured out after uh, his I've, whole big thing. I, I don't know. Michigan State, they're playing good I've basketball been, right now. I've been burned too many times, Michigan State, picking them to go far <laughs> in my, my brackets. And then them lose to the uh, the boys' school of uh, Pasadena. I was just going to say <laughs> Middle Tennessee. The boys' school of Pasadena. Pasadena or something and then they I'm screwed and the whole bracket gets messed up so uh, <laughs> I'm not really uh, any fan of them uh, but this tournament I could really see any team making it making a run in this I could see a team that you are counting out not making the tournament and they turn around and win the big 10 if you were to ask me 10 days ago I would have ten days ten ago. days ago because uh, I would have said Maryland because they played Michigan State about ten days ago and they got blown out on their home court right in front of Scott Van Pelt. Not a happy man, but uh, yeah, I, I want to say they ended up losing by twenty two. But leading up to that game, they were playing out of their minds. Anthony Cowan is in Player of the Year candidate. He's really good point guard, but uh, I don't I don't know. I I think the Big Ten's pretty wide open. But if I had to give a pick right now, I would probably. I'd probably say Michigan State right now, despite uh, Brownie's hatred for them. Uh, I I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see. I just I don't know. They they show up some. They showed up the other day. They played really well against Ohio State the uh, the other night. That's yeah. another team to look out for. Yeah. They started off really hot, went through their losing streak, but they've they the last like again, the last like. 12, 13 games. I want to say they've won 10 or 11 out of 12. And they're a number seven seed. Yeah. Rutgers, another team. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Maryland. They beat Illinois, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they beat yeah, them the second time around. Without the player, though. Uh, still won. <laughs> uh, but they, they've all – every team's beating each other. The real uh, question The real question is – what is Rutgers going to do on a neutral court? We know. know how dominant they it's are at the rack. Up. 18, 18 and, and it's, and it's in the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten's in MSG, right? It is. Yeah, we'll see. So they already got blown out by Michigan in MSG. I just think Whoa. they're not matched up well against Michigan. Michigan has no. two good big men that can hit threes, and Rutgers just cannot defensively match that. Let's so not I forget just think about it's such a bad matchup. To let's start out the let's not Ten forget tournament. about Xavier Simpson, their point guard. Before he got hurt, he was yeah. a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate. Yeah. Before he got hurt, and then he came back. His first game, I think, was against Rutgers in Madison Square Garden a I think few months was. ago. Uh, but I don't think Rutgers had one of their better players. I think Young uh, might have been. Uh, Young was not playing DUI that game. Uh, <laughs> Dirtbag. DUI? Yeah. Real, like that real dirtbag out Just in New Brunswick. Just wanted to go get some uh, crispy pizza on College <laughs> Ave. Had a couple <laughs> drinks and uh, it's whatever. Um, but yeah, Rutgers 18-1 and one at home. Dominant. And probably one of the best home court advantages in the country this year. And then they're 2-8 and eight on the road, which is a complete puzzle. Because, you know, sometimes like they're 18-1 and one at home, but then all of a sudden they're like seven and they're like uh five and or four and five on the road or something but like two and eight that's yeah. that's a little and weird they, so. and they lost the same bonaventure on a neutral too so it's a head scratch the yeah. rack is something uh, else. but if if Rutgers can manage to beat michigan and have a couple i would be a lot more excited for them in the tournament if they lose against michigan i think they're gonna make it into the tour i think they're in the tournament at this point but they i think are. they're just gonna completely shit the bed in the first round if they get like they lose to Michigan it, again. I would think it depends who they match up with. I wouldn't be so pessimistic if they lose to Michigan because I just really think it's a bad matchup. Some some teams you just don't match up well against, and 
Michigan's one of those teams, so I don't know if you're going to see a Michigan in the tourney, uh, especially in the first round. I just wouldn't be too too depressed if if Rutgers lost this opening game. They're going to need a big night from Geo Baker. He's going to he's going to have to put up 25 plus to keep them in the game, I think in my opinion at least. I mean, I know they're playing at at MSG, which is you got to give them home court advantage for that. It's what is it? 40 minutes from the city from uh, Rutgers about whatever it comes out to, but uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like Matt said, I think it's a bad matchup for them. That's a big thing. A lot of people like to market Rutgers as some like New York City um school and it's really not convenient whatsoever to go to new york city from Rutgers. but uh i mean as a former Rutgers student i can attest to it but if there's one t- uh matchup on this bracket that you see is like a kind of bubble game where it's uh do or die in that uh game which one do you see being an important one i think that's uh, easy i think it's ohio state purdue that's what i was gonna say i, I, I want to make sure be. that purdue well purdue would not only have to beat ohio state but i think they would have to beat michigan state too to even be I, back on the bubble i think they'd have to win the tournament at this yeah. point after losing at home to Rutgers. that what was it this past saturday overtime that's a huge that was a huge win from Rutgers. that really after beating maryland that got Rutgers back in the last four buys beating purdue they're not even in there anymore they've solidified themselves at least according to uh Joe, Joey uh, Lenardi, that they're mm-hmm. uh, they're definitely in. Joey yeah, Lenardi yeah. and his Sesame Street show. <laughs> Did you see that? The yeah. in, right, the Indiana coach was saying that. <laughs> yeah, Archie Miller <laughs> and his trash can oh, or whatever man. the hell he was saying. Yeah, Indiana is another team too that really needs a win. I mean, they're going to beat Nebraska. I've never heard of a team bringing I, on I, football I, players to to play in a tournament. So Nebraska has some issues. What happened to Nebraska? But, but they need to beat Penn State, I think, to really solidify that spot. Indiana. In yeah. You know who's yeah. another team to look out for? in the Big Ten? Iowa. Look oh, out good. for Luka Garza, baby. He He's right at the top of the list here, National Play of the Year. He is a force down low. He can shoot the three inside out. Look out for Iowa. They always see, I always, I feel like they always seem football, basketball, they always pull some upset that, I don't know, that's another, just the vibe. Just another really gritty team. Yeah, it's for those sure. Iowa schools, that, that something in the corner, whatever the fuck they eat out there. Um, so the winner, you're saying Michigan State, Nick? Yeah, I'm gonna pick Michigan State right now to win it. They're just, in my opinion, out of the Big Ten, they're playing the best basketball as of right now. Who are you now. thinking? I'm gonna go Maryland. I'm gonna go Maryland too. I just, I can't, in my right mind, pick Michigan State. Such an inconsistent team. <laughs> are yeah. we just counting out Illinois? Kofi Cockburn is an Coffee animal. Cockburn, well, yeah. I, I, I think with what you were saying about Iowa, I think that's a good spot for Iowa to. I mean, they should get by Minnesota or Northwestern. Yeah. And then they play Illinois the next night. I think Iowa wins that, especially since they just lost a close one to Illinois. Yeah. This past weekend, so a little revenge factor there. Word so up I the- wouldn't be surprised if whoever our team. That we picked one or goes to the championship, I would be there against them. Word up to PFT yeah. on, uh, or uh, part of my take, PFT calling Coffee Cockburn a human McDonald's lawsuit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this next one uh, the, up on the list is the SEC tournament. A, I feel like a very disappointing conference this year. Uh, they they usually are though in my yeah, like last year times. last year they were good the conference from top to bottom they were good but the SEC usually I mean LSU has been good recently but I mean as the, for the most part they're really not I feel they like get three the three fact, teams four teams in the fact that LSU is a three seed I feel like kind of really highlights yeah the how big of a letdown you're seeing Florida at five Tennessee at eight. When Tennessee, I think, was a Final Four team last year, correct? Elite Eight, I Elite think. Eight Elite Eight or whatever. Eight. They were they were really far deep in the tournament, and you know they're just those are usually schools that you see f- further in the tournament. A Tennessee, a, a Florida, and for them to not even uh, automatic have an automatic bid to the quarter f- quarterfinals is a little uh, a little weird. But maybe it shows for how good the competition is in the SEC. Uh, well, I mean, I think Tennessee did graduate a lot of people, including their best players last year. Yeah, but for sure. I think Florida was probably the biggest appointment, uh, disappointment. They had a lot of expectations coming in, and they they basically locked in a tourney spot this past weekend. They've been very disappointing this year. Florida was one of the biggest letdowns in the entire country this year. They they had a great recruiting class getting Scotty Lewis. He was probably he was the number like nine or ten recruit. They got the transfer Kerry Blackshear from West yeah. or Virginia Tech, who. He dominated the ACC the last couple of years. They brought back Andrew Nemhart, one of the arguably one of the best point guards in the country coming into the year. He's a great passer, not a great scorer, but he was out there to get people involved. And they had a t- they had depth. 
So they're definitely up there for one of the biggest disappointments in college basketball this year for sure. Can you see? I could see them being a, a team that's like first round out, having some really bad uh, slip up. Yeah, no, absolutely. With the way they've played this year, you would have expected a lot more out of a Florida team. A Mike White uh, coach team, they've they've been good in the past. They they give people problems typically, but um, yeah, they've they've been playing better as of recent. But I don't know. They were definitely a huge disappointment coming from what they're they were top they were top ten at one point yeah. to start coming well, into the year. That's, and now that's what I was gonna say. You're going from a a uh, conference where usually you're seeing Florida or uh, Kentucky competing for like that top like that number one spot throughout the whole year consistently, and now you're seeing Kentucky at number eight this year. With teams like Creighton, San Diego State, and Florida State above them. One of those years. And Dayton. Yeah, it's just one of those years that's just oh, makes you wonder what the heck. Uh, John Calipario, I think, is up for coach of the year. And yeah. it was like a really down year. I'm very surprised at that. Maybe it's with his town that he managed to do it with. But still, Kentucky basketball is equivalent to like a Alabama football or LSU football where it's just – the boosters and everyone in Kentucky just loves their basketball, and it's just shocking that they were they only were able to have an eight. Like I don't even think they were a solid top ten team this year. Kentucky pe- Kentucky really started to peak in the beginning of February. About then, Nick Richards, their center, actually a New Jersey guy, went to the Patrick School. He this year he has played out of his mind. He could win most. I I don't know if the SEC. I'm assuming the awards came out. If he won most improved player in the SEC, I would not be surprised. But I mean, a big talking point for Kentucky is Cleo Whitney. He was a top 15 uh, McDonald. He was a McDonald's All American come of the year. He transferred. He wasn't. He struggled to find himself on the year. I mean, Ashton Hagens. We know you're getting out of him. He's a lockdown defender. He's going to set people up. But Tyrese Maxey, look out for that little guard. I want to say he's like 6'3". That guy gets buckets. Absolute buckets. Whether he's driving or he's shooting, look out for him. So who's our uh, our winner? SEC tournament. I I think it's Kentucky. They're they're peaking at the right time, like you mentioned. And this is I feel like this is what Calipari does, gets his team peaking at the right time, and then you think they can make the run in the NCAA tournament. I, I really think they could though. It starts here. I think Kentucky or Auburn right now. I'm kind of in a toss up with them because they played some great games this year. I don't know. I mean Auburn was so disappointing this year. They're not even in the top twenty five going into the tournament. Are you sure? I'm yeah, a, are you? I'm looking I'm looking at it right now, unless I'm completely Oh, I am scrolling over them. They're number 20, but still, yeah. they're, they're like almost out of the, the top 25. You never uh, know with them, though. I mean, Samir Dowdy, Isaac Okoro, they're Daniel Purifoy. They have three legit who could be pros at one point. I want to say um, Okoro is going to be a first-round pick this year if he decides he wants to come out. I mean, if they hit the three ball, I don't know if you guys saw them against LSU, but they were down by like... 12, yeah, that was ridiculous. To 12 to 15 with about six minutes left, and they went. Th- they were hitting threes like it was their job. It was the most ridiculous. I c- they didn't miss. I think they completely like ended up swinging it to the opposite direction where they ended up winning. They did. It went to like, it went to overtime. It went to overtime, and they ended up winning, being down by like 12 to 15, whatever whatever it was at that point. But um, I'd have to. I'd give a slight edge right now to Kentucky. Um, but don't count Auburn out. Do not count Auburn out. I wasn't going to count them out, but I would say – I would agree with Matt that I would say Kentucky. I think we all said Kentucky that are going to end up uh, winning the uh, SEC. Next one, Pac-12. Ooh, real, uh, real thrilling uh, real thrilling one we got here. Ooh, who do we like? Hey, the, the Pac's <laughs> got a lot of teams in the tourney this year. Yeah. Potentially. I think they're just on the West Coast, so we kind of ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of forget that they're out there. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean, who's Oregon is the best team? Or thirteenth Oregon is e- the team that we're really thrilled about. Yeah. I mean, Oregon. Oregon's got to be the favorite right now. Peyton Pritchard, their point guard, he's up for Player of the Year candidate, National Player of the Year. I believe I, he won the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Um. So that Arizona, look out for Nico Mannion's going to be a first round pick. Um, but what's kind of funny, what's concerning, honestly, about them is their shooting guard, Josh Green. He was a top seven, eight player last year, coming McDonald's All American. He came in, I want to say, around 16, 17, nah, maybe even a little bit higher um, for a projected draft pick. And now he's up to around 24 ish, somewhere in that ballpark. So, hey, maybe if he can get hot at the right time. But 
I would say look out for Arizona. You never know. They have good guard play. Um, I mean, Chase Jeter's down there. He sucks. I hate him. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, right now I got to go with Oregon as the favorite. It's hard to pick against Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, uh, I mean, UCLA, though, has been red hot in the Pac-12. They came Facts. out of nowhere, so I think that's a real, real Dumping, uh, threat. Uh, hey, McCronin, yeah. coach of the year in Pac-12 after their s- terrible start. Yeah. I want to say they've won 12 out of 13 or something along those lines, something yeah, they've been good. I, I'm actually probably going to pick Arizona State. I think, like you mentioned, Oregon has a good shot. Uh, not a good shot, but they probably should win it. But Arizona State's going to be my pick. They're a good team. Well, Bobby Arizona, Hurley? I think Washington could beat Arizona in the first round. They already just beat them, and that 2-3 zone, you never know. Let's talk about Washington for a play. second. What a, I mean, they bottomed out. Jaden McDaniels, dude. <laughs> Jaden McDaniels was a top-10 player coming to the year. Power forward. Guy could He could do everything, and he has not been good this year. Isaiah Stewart, their center, he was everybody was after him in the, the recruiting trail. Started off really good, but he's kind of fallen off around the last month, a little over a month. He's fallen off, and he was on a tear for a while. So, I mean, hey, you never know. It's this time of the year where crazy things happen. So, I wouldn't count anybody out, especially in that conference. Um, but I'm going to go with Oregon right now. I'll take Oregon, too. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And then to wrap up our uh, our Power 5 tournaments, Nick's, Nick's favorite one, <laughs> the, the ACC tournament in, uh, where is it? Greensboro, North Carolina. Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, thrilling. Um all right, obviously a nice healthy uh, portion of teams that from from the uh, ACC are going to be in the um, which we'll call it the March Madness, regardless if they do anything in this tournament or not. Um, I don't know. The ACC is yeah, only supposed to get five in right now. They're on a down year. They're usually the team the conference that gets the most, but they're only projected five teams in right now. I mean, that's, yeah, and uh, even NC State's I, looking at it right now is one of the last four in. So yeah. they really need to win. I could see they. I feel like they've been playing decent. I mean, they beat Duke, but then they lost to uh, North Carolina. I want to say the next game or two games after that. Um, North Carolina kind of got kind of got screwed, and obviously, I think they would have to win every. They would have to win the. I mean, I don't even think it's a. I guess it's. I know they have to win every single game to make it to uh, March Madness, which with. I, I, I don't know what they've lost so many close games this year. Uh, I don't know if that screwed them up mentally and it's going to hurt them in this tournament, but it isn't like it's a lack of talent that really has hurt them. It's uh, you have like one of the best coaches in the country too with Roy Williams. I, I wouldn't completely count them out, but I mean, is what are they the dead last in the uh, <laughs> dead last? I in, wouldn't, uh, I would not count North Carolina out. I wouldn't count them out to at least go to the semifinals. Look, North Carolina, they've battled injuries all year. Cole Anthony was out for, what was it, around 10 to 15 games, something in that range. Brandon Robinson, their, uh, their shooting guard, out for a while. He's always getting hurt, though. Um, but Garrison Brooks, the last three, four weeks, that guy has been playing out of his mind. Um, going back to the beginning of the year, I mean, Armando Baycott, he played well against Duke this past weekend, but he's been kind of a letdown top 15, 20 recruit. Um, but they've definitely been battled with injuries. But this also isn't your typical Carolina team. They don't have the same talent that they've had in the past. Um, given injuries, I'm sure has to do a lot with the chemistry and all that. But um, for them to get the last seed in the ACC tournament, it, I, they're better than that. And, hey, I would not be surprised by any means if they went on a little bit of a run going to the tournament. They're going to have to be punching upwards, though, now, because now they're playing Virginia Tech. Then they have to play Syracuse, Louisville. Then they'll have to play uh, – I mean – I'm assuming it would be Virginia. And then, obviously, in the championship game, probably Duke, I would say, is my favorite from that side of the bracket. Duke is actually the favorite to win the tournament right now. I, the top They're four the teams. seed, but I mean, any one of them could win very the, easily. Yeah, the top four seeds in the ACC have all beaten each other. Louisville beat Duke. Duke beat, um, Duke beat Florida State. Uh, Virginia, uh, Virginia beat Duke. They, you know that conference, the top four. I, I don't know, but Tony Bennett has got his Virginia team playing extremely good basketball right now. Look out, look out for Virginia. But um, yeah, I don't know. They started out pretty bad too, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did. So for this one, I, I, I mean, I hate to, uh, I hate to side with Duke, but I'd probably say that I'd like to. I would say that they're probably gonna win. Uh, I just I just like Duke basketball kind of like how Alabama football 
uh, very well-oiled machine. Uh, Coach K has been in every sort of scenario um, to coach against, so obviously he's very well-prepared. Uh, Virginia concerns me. They can't uh, score. That, that's yeah. their biggest issue is they can't score. Yeah. You know what you're going to get from Virginia. They're going to play that pack line defense. They're going to try to lock you up. It's scoring that it comes down to them. But Jay Huff for them, look out for their center, Jay Huff. He had 10 blocks against Duke. 10. That's an insane stat. That's mind-boggling, 10 blocks. Uh, and then I was going to say Louisville, too, another team where it's sometimes they look like they're the best team in the country, and then all of a sudden you watch them in some games, and you're like, what the hell am I looking at here? Jordan Nora for them. He's either he's hit, he's so hit or miss. He was the player of the year favorite coming into the year, and he's, he's just been inconsistent this year all around. I mean, David Johnson's emerged for them at the point guard. He, he played extremely well against Duke. He had like 17 first-half points, but... I th I think they're too inconsistent. I, I I'm gonna go with Duke, and that's not just because they're my team. I think Vernon Carey and Trey Jones are a problem for people, especially Carey down low. Okay, and then my last question in this uh, tournament, uh, we're saying that NC State probably has the most to to gain and lose. Yeah. And this, if they don't, I would assume they would have to beat Duke in the quarterfinals in order for them to have any chance of. I don't they think they have to beat Duke, but they, they definitely play can't them lose well. to Pitt. Yeah, they can't they, lose to Pitt. They cannot lose to Pitt by any means. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I would say if they lose to Pitt, that's obviously all. She who's wrote for who's them. your favorite right now, Matt? We didn't hear a pick from you. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I'm probably gonna go Louisville in this one. Uh, I do like Duke and FSU, but I don't see them getting knocked off early on. So I could see them in a tough semifinal match, and I think Louisville will have a bit of an easier path. And I, I see them winning it. The thing you gotta like about Florida State, though, is they have they can go 10, 11 deep, and there is no drop off in production. They always Devin Vassell like is a first round draft pick for them. Patrick Williams just won Sixth Man of the Year for the ACC. They are they are legit. Watch, I I'm going with Duke, but watch out for Florida, Florida State's State. always a team that they could put anyone out on the court anywhere, and they they'll be decent at that position. They're gonna lock uh, you down defensively. They're so long. They're very and tough. They're always that's what they're that's their bread and butter. Florida State. They always have those long athletic guys that could hit threes or play down in the post. So uh, yeah, I mean I, it's probably I mean it just uh, with all these tournaments, it's just a, a game of runs. It's a matter of runs, playing uh, playing the hot hand. Um, it's a matter of who's it. getting hot at the right time. Right, exactly. This is where you want to be playing your best basketball. It, uh, yeah. So I we'll agree. see. And obviously, you don't want to have a really shitty to uh, conference tournament right before you go out into uh, the real the real dance. Yeah. Um, I mean, that doesn't. Have, I the feel like I don't have dance. to fucking explain myself. <laughs> I don't have to explain myself there. Uh, uh, did you have something to say, Nick? Yeah, I, I was going to say, we should talk about uh, the Big East a bit. I was going to say, how Villanova, can you have me? Creighton, I mean, look, this conference is loaded. How can you have me on the pod and just ignore the Big East like that? What the heck, man? You? What do you mean, you? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Big East guy right here. <laughs> Come Big on. East guy. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll Let's touch, touch on them. Conference over everything. <laughs> hey, Creighton. Creighton. Old school big guy. This would be the biggest one we'd be talking about if it was like. 20, 30 years ago. Not even. We can go back so, as far as close as 10 years ago. Yeah, That's yeah. Pitt was a top 15, You opened up with cardiac Kemba. I did. I know. That's big <laughs> right there. Um, all right. So let's see. Creighton, uh, so obviously a very well spread out uh, tournament. Uh, last, uh, the other day we saw Villanova have a very close game against, uh, which we'll call it. Seton Hall, correct, right? Correct. Uh, the other day where they ended up having to come back and win. Yeah, and then Seton Hall actually ended up losing to Creighton. I want to say on Saturday they yeah. did. Um, I mean, hey, I, this a team that I would have thought earlier in the year, if they didn't lose like three three of their best players and two being starters, would have been Georgetown. They, I don't know. They, it was an unspecified reason, I believe, still to this day. I mean, I haven't heard of why. Yeah, there's some sketchy stuff. All three going were on dismissed. At yeah, once. they were just dismissed at one time, and three crucial players to their lineup. I mean, right now they're the uh, what are they? Eight seed. Yeah, they're the eight seed. But you, if you go back to the beginning of January or right around before they got those players got kicked off, watch out, dude. Mac McClung is an is a beast, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would still look out for them. I think if they can get by St. John's, who's been hit or miss, but the 
Uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. I would still look out for Georgetown, though, because they did make a bit of a run when they lost all those guys, mm. and they have a lot to fight for. If they can knock off Creighton and, and knock off potentially Providence or Butler, they could find themselves on the bubble, too. I they were on the bubble earlier, but they lost too many games. To I, was just say, I, was, I was just watching them the other day, and they're, they stay, they're in these games, yeah. but the problem is they don't really capitalize on uh, turnovers. I forget who I was watching them play against uh, maybe Saturday or maybe a couple of days before that. Uh, but Georgetown was they were the team was turning over the ball like left and right. Maybe it was Xavier. They kept turning the ball over, and Georgetown would get the ball, and then they wouldn't be able to capitalize and score after. So they were, they were I think like what like sixteen and fifteen this year or something right around there somewhere around that six uh, fifteen sixty like yeah whatever it is um whatever it, it wasn't certainly anything uh, glistening for a program as highly regarded as Georgetown. Um, Big East is always a toss-up. I feel like it's kind of just a really gritty conference uh, where any you could really see any team uh, pulling it out. Like even DePaul isn't a, a slouch of a team. Uh, yeah, and they were they were big time in the non-conference too, and then came over to the Big East and could barely win a game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's like a there's a, like Xavier DePaul isn't any like isn't a bad game. St. John's Georgetown isn't going to be a bad game, and those are the seven, eight, nine, and ten teams in the tournament. And then you start going over. And then you have Butler Providence, which is going to be a really exciting game. I'm looking forward to. Look out for Butler, dude. Khalif Battle. Hey, watch out for them. Uh, Marquette and Seton Hall. Marquette look kind of blah. I feel like as of late. You know, uh, you can't cap them out though with Marcus Howard, big uh, Big East player. I want to. Was he player of the year? I think he was. Marcus uh, Howard. I don't know. I want. I think he ended up winning it. Hey, he he he's leading D one in points per game right now with I believe twenty seven. I know the thing is, is Seton. I I really like Seton Hall, and they're playing close to home as well, Madison Square Garden. Um, so across the uh, the Hudson River, <laughs> going over to the Mecca as well. Uh, so for this one, who do we have? I I like Villanova. I just like Jay Wright. Uh, obviously Creighton's I think top ten this year. Uh, I just never could count out Jay Wright the way he's had the uh, Villanova playing the past few years. I'd be very surprised if they didn't win the Big East this year. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's real tough because I think Villanova's a uh, Hall played Villanova well, but I think that was about the best game they could play. And, and I don't know if they're a real good matchup for Villanova. They did a good job at, at playing small and. Hall wasn't able to really match up with that style, and that's why they fell behind and had to really, really push to come back and even make that a game at the end there. So I do like your pick with Villanova. I think Providence on the other side is a real team to watch out for, and that's actually going to be my pick. Um, they've been hot in the second half of the season, and I think they pushed through Butler and uh, upset Creighton. I could easily see them winning the Big East uh, tournament. And... Uh, not to mention the fact that Xavier down at the bottom of the bracket has a lot to play for. So that's a potential upset there against Villanova if they get by DePaul in the first round. I'm probably gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Villanova as well. You can't you can't count Jay Wright out. Just look I mean, look what he's done. I know this team this year isn't as talented as the teams he's had in the past couple years, not counting last year, obviously, but before that. Um, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Colin Gillespie. Look, at, I, I'm going to go with Nova on that one. Uh, and then, yeah, my last point on Nova, I know it's really, like, taboo to talk about, like, past teams. But, I, I like, Jay Wright had his team beat a really good UNC team all those years ago in the national championship game. Completely dismantled a really good Michigan team in the national championship game two years ago. And now, and now this year he's had them playing very well against teams. They beat Seton Hall who were, I think, as high as number three in the country at one point this year. So, like we were saying, you can't really count out Jay Wright and Villanova, so that's why I went with them. All right. Home stretch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I just have a few more questions that I wanted to throw out to uh, Nick and Matt that I wanted to see what their input was on it. So, I have four things I want to touch on. The biggest surprise, the biggest surprise team of the tournament this year that you have to watch out for. Uh, the team that you you're like, don't let me down, and you're kind of concerned that they may choke. Uh, player to watch in the tournament, and then who we ultimately just being really just forward thinking and really just jumping the gun real quick. 
who's the winner of the tournament this year. Oh, Just, man. I mean, if we're looking from right now, I'm going. Don't, don't say it yet. We're going to go oh, through them end. all individually. Okay. So, all right. Uh, so we'll start out with the biggest surprise. What team you do you think uh, – we'll start with Matt. What team do you think is going to be the biggest surprise that uh, – you think is like they're going to make a run well there's always going to be obviously those high seeds whether mm-hmm. it's like vermont eastern tennessee um there's a bunch of them this year that are getting the tournament Stephen f austin you mentioned earlier so i, th- I think those are going to be some teams to look out for that could really make a run they're all legit all older teams um and actually speaking providence is one team that i look look out for they're kind of lost in the big east with villanova seton hall creighton having huge years and if they don't make a big run in the Big East, they're definitely going to be uh, in that middle, probably eight to ten seed. That's a team I would look out for. They got two big time seniors in Alpha Diallo and Lauren, uh, I believe it's Lauren Pipkins or something. The senior yeah. guard that they have. Um, those two guys I would look out for in the NCAA tournament. I love to push on older guys in the NCAA tournament, especially to make some noise in the first couple rounds. And then Nick, who do you have you as your uh, surprise team of the tournament? It's a tough one, honestly, because this year it's so wide open as opposed to years in the past. But I'm gonna go with Stephen F. Austin, honestly. Um, they've really risen through the ranks. They're t- if they missed out by being a top twenty five team by one, they're twenty six right now. They've beaten Duke. They're I want to say they won their conference tournament, or at least they're the favorites I too. I believe they did. Um, so if I'm gonna go. A, a uh, mid-major, I'm going to go Stephen F. Austin to look to make a run in it. Fucking bastard. As just was going to say, the same thing. And if we're looking at, I was just really honed in. I don't know if you just said this. As I say, I'm looking at Joe Lenardi's, uh bracket. You just said that? I didn't just say it, but uh, I am I looking say, at it too. I'm looking, I'm looking at Joe Lenardi's bracket right now. And you have Stephen F. Austin's first matchup against Ohio State. And then they would have to play Louisville or Akron, which I could see them beating. I mean, obviously, I think they would beat Akron. I don't think that would be a, a, a surprising thing to say. Uh, but another Louisville, another team that we were just talking about that's a little – gets a little inconsistent and uh, causes some concern in a big tournament where it's all about emotion. If you start falling behind in a game, you might not be able to catch up. Stephen F. Austin has been uh, heartbreaking in the tournament. Uh, or been breaking hearts in the tournament yeah. the past few years consistently. So I wouldn't be surprised with Stephen F. Austin either. That was going to be my pick. Yeah, and then uh, one team I forgot to mention too, Liberty is another team who made noise last year, and they're going to be back again this year. I think probably a big loss to the tournament was Northern Iowa. They they choked away their conference tournament, or else that would have been a legitimate 11-12 seed probably that could have upset someone. Yeah, and then like you were just saying, Liberty, they would yeah, right they're, now. They're if in it. they're in it, according so no, 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 I know they're in it. I'm saying according to Joe Lenardi's okay. uh, brackets, he would they would be playing Auburn, like we just said once again, a team that has been highs and lows. And then they're playing Oregon, who another not a very consistent team, not a team that really stands out as they could go all the way. Uh, so I would, wouldn't be surprised if Liberty. Uh, made a run either i'm not picking them i'm picking Stephen f austin but uh next one is don't let me down so who's the uh who do you think is going to be the biggest choke job this year in uh the tournament that's so tough to pick this year with how college basketball is going this year it's so tough to get that to answer that i'll Um, answer mine right now i have it already i know i already know (laughs) yeah i know yeah we know where this is going right now michigan state they would be playing bradley i think that'd be bradley uh but then they would be playing either six seed virginia or uh either indiana or stanford and if if it comes down to a big 10 matchup a big 10 matchup in the tournament Choke job, Michigan State. <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if I saw them packing their bags in uh, in Cleveland, heading home, out of the uh, the golden city of the uh, Midwest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, that's who I'd pick. I'd pick Michigan State. They're consistently inconsistent in the tournament. Uh, I love to pick on Duke. Duke right now they'd be playing Belmont, who I believe they had a uh, bad matchup with a few years ago. But I'm going to go with Michigan State because they consistently word up to my boy uh, Tom Izzo always <laughs> choking in the tournament. Oh, man. 
Cost me uh, a lot of money through the years. Sheesh. Hopefully my Michigan State monologue has bought you guys some time to uh, to come up with your picks. You know, I'm going to go with San Diego State. After yeah. just losing to Utah State in their conference finals, I mean, I know they were they were a one seed for the longest time. It's just, I don't know. I don't. It's so hard to pick those mid-major teams when they don't play the same schedule as an ACC team or a Big Ten team or any of those other power conference teams. Um, and after losing to Utah State in the finals, I'm gonna I'm gonna go San Diego State. I I don't think I think Dayton's gonna make a good run at it. Obi Toppin is an absolute beast. Um, and I don't know. I don't see any of the other top teams losing right away. I would I would say San Diego State would be my team to look out for in the first round. I would say Dayton uh, has a pretty pretty solid uh, cakewalk into this uh, Sweet 16 if the brackets came out. If, if Joe Lodinardi made the official brackets, they would have a pretty favorable matchup. They'd be playing North Carolina Central or Robert Morris, and then they'd play Florida or St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's and Florida like maybe could do an upset, but they're also two teams that very inconsistent in the tournament. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Dayton was uh, knocked out, but I would also not be surprised if they made a huge run in the tournament this year. Yeah, I mean, as far as a, a low seed, I would agree with you. San Diego State's got to be the team. I, I think everyone's going to be looking for them to choke. So, And the NCAA, I feel like usually when you have these kind of teams that, that – upset and really have a good season but don't play anyone they do choke in the ncaa tournament or they get uh locked in with some good eight nine seed that's yeah. like really low ranked <laughs> next uh, thing you know bye bye san diego state yeah so i think they're going to be put in a tough spot by the ncaa committee i think one team that's not less necessarily that low of a seed is virginia as you touched on it before they don't really have a big time score so if they fall behind in one of the early rounds, they can put themselves in, in some real trouble. And right now they're looking at the sixth line, but if they make a run in the ACC tournament, they could be up to a four seed, so if not higher. 100%. I like that Virginia as a potential uh, – I don't know. Virginia could go both ways yeah, because they, they, lock, they, really can. they lock you down on defense, but like Matt said, they don't have that one go-to score. They don't have a Ty Jerome. They don't have a Kyle guy. They don't have a DeAndre Hunter where – they, those guys could go get you a bucket whenever you needed it, or at least draw the foul and get get themselves on the free throw line coming down the stretch. Uh, I mean, Diakite, I want to say he was second team All ACC this year, but I mean, that's I I don't think he's gonna he's not gonna carry your team despite him uh, hitting that buzzer beater last year against Purdue in the what was the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen? Sweet Sixteen, I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember either. One of those two rounds, but uh, yeah, I think it was the Elite Eight. Now that I think about it, um, but yeah, because Purdue beat Tennessee, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, Virginia could go both ways. I don't. know. It really depends on the on the day and the specific matchup they have. I think. Yeah, I feel like one team that's going to be a higher seed that we really haven't talked about in anything was uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, they're the one seed for the Big Ten, but we kind of just like talked right over them. And they're going to probably be, I mean, right now they're on the four line. If they ha do a good job in the Big Ten, they'll probably stick there, if not higher. That's a team where they, they're they just a good team. They don't they don't have any Big Ten all-conference mm -hmm. players. So uh, that's a team that could easily be upset early on. They've always been a team, Wisconsin, who focuses on the fundamentals and the basics. They're going to play defense. They're going to rebound. They're going to move the ball on offense. And they're going to play the right way. They don't. They never. They haven't had a big-time player since Frank Kaminsky, Frank Kaminsky yep. and Sam Decker. And they also had great guards in Bronson Koenig and uh, what was his name? Frank Jackson, I believe, was the point guard's name. Lefty, but then Koenig came in once he got hurt. But they do everything the right way, like I said. So look out look out for Wisconsin. If they win the Big Ten, they could, I, I'd assume they'd probably move up to a three-line depending on how, yeah. every, how everything else plays out. I would think so. It's a very even playing field, too. So it's if they go on a good run, but they're a team that... I feel like I don't know. I, I they're not they don't stand out to me as much as the other teams. Um, like I, I'm like I'm I would confidently say that I think that uh, Kansas would win the Big Twelve. Yeah. But I can't confidently say that Wisconsin will make it out of the Big Ten. I understand the Big Ten was probably the best conference from top to bottom. Year. It's got it's going to get the most teams in this um, year. Top to bottom, it's the most consistent. But there's oh there's not that one team like you said. There's not that one team that sets themselves yeah. above the rest. And I think that goes with the ACC, too. The ACC is also in a weird year. They're really down. But those top four seeds, you, it's, it's, a, 
it's a sh- I don't know. It's it's up there. It's a, it's a de- complete debate between those two. Uh, all right. So then the next one that I was gonna say is, uh, what's your who's your uh, player to watch for this tournament? Uh, I, I'm not saying someone who's gonna surprise everyone in the tournament, but who's someone that you think either needs to play well for their team to go far in the tournament or that you think is just going to do- straight up dominate the uh, tournament. So it kind of goes hand in hand. I'm uh, going to I'm going to go with Obi Toppin to Dayton. Yeah, he's got to be the front runner in my opinion to win the player of the year right now. Um if he doesn't I mean they have a good point guard and another good wing. I forget their names, but if he doesn't play, if he doesn't come and give them at least Crutcher and uh, Landers. Yes. Yeah, yes, Jay, uh Jalen Crutcher, I believe correct yeah really good point guard i believe um i don't i think it's going to be dayton or uh, obi top and i think he's going to have himself one hell of a tournament um we'll see i i don't know what to expect from dayton i know they're really good i know they've beaten some quality teams but we'll see we'll see what happens with them uh i was also going to go with obi top so i guess i'll just build on that answer a little bit more uh just looking at dayton's uh, statistics it's a very top heavy uh team Obi Toppin, as you said, is I'm going off of who's going to be the most important player for their team. Yeah, 100%. And I think Obi Toppin is definitely the most important player for his team. He had the most points, uh, most rebounds, uh, and then top, one of the top players on his team with assists and then steals, etc. So he's a very overall well-rounded player. So in order for them to go succeed and go far in this tournament, Dayton, well, on top of that, they've had a fantastic year. Even if they don't do anything in this tournament, they were twenty nine and two, I believe, this season. They ran um, through their conference. They ran through. Ran their, through. They it. ran through their conference, and uh, I think in order for them to be able to go up against these teams that have a lot better recruitment, a lot better, uh, like a lot bigger of a program, I think that Obi Toppin's going to really have to put the team on his back. Obviously, as we mentioned, uh, Crutcher and Landers are another two big players for their team. Watson, another big player for their team. Uh, but I think that. Uh, Obi Toppin probably has to if he doesn't come out and perform and he chokes they're not going to be able to do anything yeah I mean put this into perspective there's the second best team in that team uh, in the A-10 was Rhode Island Dayton beat them by 27 last week so that the A-10 obviously it's no conference to really write home about I mean Rhode Island is typically the favorite in that conference but um I don't know their conference was it was light this year it was definitely weak He's going to have to play his A game, and, I mean, so far he's done it this year. I, you can't root go against him right now because he's playing unreal. You see the dunks he's putting in these games. They're, they're ridiculous. And the only two teams they've lost to uh, were Kansas and Colorado. Both were in overtime, and neither team has really won. They're like, oh, you got to get that win, especially for a team like Dayton. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, both two good teams. Colorado yeah. led by McKinley Wright. Both and then, Torney teams. Yeah, and obviously. Kansas is, you know what you're getting. Devin Dodson, player of the year candidate. Yudoka Azabuki is just an absolute beast down low. Miles, uh, Marcus Garrett, though, coming into one of the best players, emerging right now, one of the best defenders probably in the country, and his uh, offensive game is starting to come with it. Right. So, yeah, so then, uh, Matt, did you say you're uh – uh, I mean, obviously Peyton Pritchard is going to be a guy to look out for. He put it on last last tournament, so depending on who they match up with, he could make a deep run again for Oregon. I'm going to go with Jalen Smith from Maryland. Uh, he's been having a good year, it's basically a, a walking double-double. Uh, but for in order for his team to have success, he's going to have to be consistent, stretch the floor, uh, and, and really be that dominant big man they need, especially if they're playing some smaller schools in the first couple of rounds or some teams lacking big men like St. Mary's or something. Uh, they're going to need him to just dominate and, and really push forward, especially with the, the surrounding cast being hit or miss at times. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, Anthony Cowan, when he's at his best, he's one of the top point guards in the country. But when he's struggling, they're going to need both him and Jalen Smith to be playing their best basketball if right. they're gonna have to give themselves a chance and then i'll uh i'll just throw out another one just because me and nick had the same guy uh this one now seems very obvious but i'll then explain why i chose him so uh for my my uh pick for another important player in the tournament that is i think over not overlooked but somewhat like you kind of look at the team and you think they're so well-rounded anyway that you wouldn't even think of this guy uh adoku azabuki uh, and I say this because look at Kansas last year, how inconsistent they were. Uh, it was because I feel like he got in a, a foul trouble a lot 
last he was, year. He was hurt last year for a lot of the year. He was out. He probably was done early January for the year they didn't have him. And you saw that and reflected on how they played towards the end of the season. They could not get any rebounds. This year, if you look at their, their leaders in rebounds, it's uh, what you would call it? As a bookie by doubles the rest of the team in rebounds. He has 10 and a half a game. The next best person is their guard with four and a half rebounds a game. That so, guy dunks everything. Alley oops, he dunks everything. He do, it's ridiculous how good he is. So I'm saying if you go into a team where you're playing against stuff, uh, like if you go against Florida State where everyone's so long, uh, you're going to be in trouble if if he isn't performing and not being able to get to, uh, the boards. That's the everyone key. Else, yeah, everyone else is. Did they play small? Uh, they, last year they had to play small. Yeah, I so. mean last year they last year they were also young. Devon Dotson, freshman point guard. Quentin Grimes, freshman shooting guard, who actually ended up transferring to Houston. Um, and then losing Azabuki for the rest of the year, that was tough. Plus, um, Silvio DeSosa, he was he couldn't play for them last year. He had eligibility issues. I want to say he was taking money from uh, from whoever, from Adidas. So, I mean, Azabuki, is, he's a beast. There's no other way around it to describe him. And he's down like 20 pounds from last year, they yeah. said. So he looks a lot better, and he's a lot more agile getting up and down the court. He runs the floor better. Yeah, like I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to pick him because I feel like everyone's gonna be like, oh no shit, that he's the most <laughs> important player in the. Uh, but if you look at their team and if he isn't able, if they start uh, really working to keep him out of uh, the post, then yeah, I, I mean, know, it, it, it could be a whole different story if it just one coach just has a good game plan and a bunch of tall guys. Look at uh, which call it. Uh, Loyola Chicago a few years ago they had those <laughs> those big boys down low and they ended up making it to the final four against Michigan where they blew the oh lead my, yeah. yeah and they, no because they had a bunch of big guys and they just had those uh, guards who were just nailing everything so Matt I think we watched that national championship game at your house yeah. Jordan Poole uh, the whole gang awesome. I remember that game <laughs> I remember that watching uh, Michigan get disemboweled by uh, yeah. by Villanova. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bloodbath. I, I don't even think I watched the second half of that game. I just turned it off. Um, all right, and then winner. This is just really far ahead. This is just classic uh, media, media uh, whatever, spiel, <laughs> picking the winner way too early. Who do we got? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Real early. See, it's so hard for me to pick against Duke. Um, you know what you're going to get out of Trey Jones, ACC player and defensive player of the year. Uh, he's going to give you 15, 16 points, seven, eight assists, somewhere in that range, and he's going to lock up your point guard. He's going to lock. It's as simple as that. He's going to lock him up. Vernon carries an absolute beast down low. No one's been able. To, no one's figured out how to stop him this year. But what's going to be key for them is finding that third score. They need Cassius Stanley to come up, and that's probably got to be the guy that's going to have to give them a consistent fifteen points a game for them to for them to win this tournament. Um, so I'm it's hard for me to pick against them, and I'm obviously going to pick them in my bracket because I'm not going to root against them. But if I was going to go with another team, it's going to be Kansas right now. Are we uh, are we running this back next week for a quick tourney preview? Uh, I was thinking that we do it a few weeks from now and okay, okay. jump in when we're at the Sweet Sixteen, so we're not. Going through, oh, did you see? And then we could touch, we could look back and talk about All it instead right. of having a five-hour podcast say, analyzing like uh, North Texas versus Oregon, no, no, <laughs> North Dakota State versus Florida State, a real thriller. Yeah, or Bradley when they beat Michigan State or almost beat them and lose by five or something like that. It's tough because I, you really got to see the bracket too, because like. If it's Duke right now and they're on the side with Creighton, that's a like that's a really tough matchup. I, I like that matchup for Duke. I do. But they could hit threes. I, like I know three. they can. <laughs> but the question is, would they have an answer for Vernon Carey down low? He's a beast. <sighs> yeah, that would be tough. I, and that's what I'm looking at, too. Like, Dayton, I really like. I think they're a battle-tested team, and they could make a run, especially for uh, – not one of those blue buds of college basketball, but if they're stuck with Maryland, like I don't like that at all. I don't either. So I'm gonna roll with Dayton, but I got, I really have to see the bracket. It's just so wide open this year. We yeah. haven't had a tournament at least that I maybe 2010 where there was not that one team that really set themselves above the rest. Where you're like, wow, okay, like, or even a few teams that like kind of three, four, five teams that stand out above, like that they're the top tier teams. Yeah, it's so wide open this year that I think this these first two rounds of the tournament this year, up until you get to the Sweet Sixteen, even the Sweet Sixteen, I think the first two rounds though, I think there's going to be a ton 
of upsets. I think I think whoever is on the left side of the bracket, so the Midwest and East, I think whoever comes out the winner of that side, whether it's Dayton or Kansas or Duke, will end up winning the tournament because the other side, obviously you have uh, Baylor and you have Gonzaga. Gonzaga is a consistent, another consi- is the Western version of Michigan State, consistent choke jobs. They um, had themselves a game with San Francisco last night. They almost lost that game. Yeah, Baylor, they were missing free throws down the stretch. Which I mean, I I want to say they only they're like a seventy percent free throw shooting on average per t- for the team. But uh, yeah, and then Baylor, another team that kind of has scared me coming down the stretch. Definitely uh, has had some questionable games, um, even that they have won. Uh, so for this one, I would say that uh, I want to say Duke. Will, well, I, I have a, a hunch that they're they're due for a national championship. They uh, just need that they, third score. <laughs> they need that third score to step up, and it's got to be Cassius Stanley. I, I they, it's as simple as that. They need him to step up and be that third elite scorer for them. All right, there we go. So. Uh, so you guys, all of you out there that are getting ready to fill out your brackets and lose some money gambling, hopefully <laughs> we have given you some sage advice and you'll be able to watch. Enjoy your uh, st- your fanless uh, tournaments that you're going to be watching over the weekend. Um, thank you, Nick and Matt, for coming on. We'll uh, run this back in a couple weeks when we're at the Sweet 16 phase of the tournament. Uh, maybe Elite Eight. We'll see how it's going. If it's if it's if it's if the tournament's like burning to the ground, they're the same weekend though. The Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight, they're the same weekend. But I'm saying that if it's uh, oh, well, I guess we would have to because it's once a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was gonna say if the tournament's uh, burning to the ground, we'll start touching on it from the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, if not, we'll t- touch on it from the Elite Eight on. Uh, but once again, thank you all for listening and have a good one.